Next on Maranatha Radio, Pastor Ray Bentley points out today is the day of salvation. There is a time limit to the offer of salvation. When is the time when it's too late? What a terrifying thought. Too late to be saved. I suggest to you that the day the door shuts and closes for each individual is when you die. You can't die, go stand before God and then see heaven and hell and say, I changed my mind. Spread Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. When department stores offer extraordinary deals, some shoppers will line up the night before and camp out overnight. When the value is extraordinary, some will put forth extraordinary effort. Well, heaven is an extraordinary offer, and today we'll see few decide to take the narrow road that leads there. Luke chapter 13, uh, beginning in verse 22. The title of the message, as you see, is The Narrow Way. And verses 22 and 23, we read this. It says, and he, talking about Jesus, went through the cities and villages, teaching and journeying toward Jerusalem. And then one said to him, Lord, are there few who are saved? And Jesus responded, and this is pretty shocking, strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many, I say to you, will seek to enter and will not be able. The narrow gate to where? The kingdom of God. And it is a narrow gate, and in fact, he goes on to talk about that it's a narrow road. Now, Jesus told the parable of the different soils. There are four different soils And in the four different soils, the seed, which represents the word of God, the eternal life is in those seeds. And the four different soils represent four different kinds of hearts. And in the story, only one of the four kinds of soil does the seed find root and grow and bear fruit unto salvation. Now, was Jesus giving an exact percentage of 25%? Uh, Bigger picture is... I think that he is just saying that there are many whom the seed falls on shallow soil or rocky soil or even it doesn't stay there very long and the birds come and and take it away. And it is something that is unique and special and rare when that seed penetrates the ground and then fulfills itself by literally dying and then opening up, reaching up to the surface with the sun and the light and growing and bearing fruit. Jesus also talked about a time of separation, the sheep and the goats, that a great flock will be divided and many who are found to be goats are sent off to eternal punishment. Jesus presents, listen to this, the way of salvation as the narrow door. The gate that leads to eternal life is not only narrow, it's low to the ground. You have to get down and, as it were, bend down. It's like the camel going through the eye of a needle. You have to literally, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually humble yourself to go through this narrow little gate and humbly squeeze through the narrow gate. What is the gate? Jesus said in the Gospel of John, I am the gate. I am 
the door. It's Jesus, the only begotten Son of God, through Him and Him alone. He's not one of an entourage of saviors. He is the only Savior. He's not one of the best prophets. He is the prophet. He is not one of many messiahs, but he is the only unique messiah that God has sent. For there is one mediator between men and God, and that is Christ Jesus the Lord. Amen? Amen. Now, Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. This is a comparative cross-reference, and I put it in your notes. Let's read this scripture out loud together. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. Again, I want you to look at verse 24. Strive to enter through the narrow gate, for many, I say to you, will seek to enter and will not be able. The agony of entering. The Lord's call to strive to enter the narrow gate. That word strive in the Greek language is the word agonizomai, and that's where we get our English word agony, the agony. Now, let me say this. It is true that we are not saved with effort, but it is also true that we cannot believe without effort. You have to focus and you have to just trust and you have to give yourself to believing and trusting and and resting all of your sins and all of your problems on Christ alone for salvation. You have to humble yourself uh, in order to say, look, I am sticking to Jesus. Hold on to Jesus. Cling to Jesus. Love Jesus. Worship Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the glory of God manifest in the flesh. Uh, He is the revelation of God to the whole world, to every nation, every language, every color, every kindred, every tribe, every group, every ethnos, every people, everywhere. God has made a way of salvation uniquely through him. And when you think about it, because people struggle a little bit with that, why does Christianity have to be so narrow? But when you think about it, How many people are on planet Earth? Are we at seven billion? And from every continent, every conceivable, you know, color and background, continent, all the rest. How did all seven billion people get on planet Earth? I suggest one way. There's only one way to be a human being in the entire universe. You gotta be born. Jesus said that there is another world Spiritual, supernatural, the kingdom of God. And therefore, in the same way that all seven billion people, let alone every human being from the beginning of time until now, got here, the only way is to be born into it. The only way to get into heaven is to be born into the kingdom of heaven. Logical. It makes sense. And so you can be born again. And and so here's the deal. You can either be born twice and have eternal life, Or you can die twice and be separated from God for all of eternity. How many vote that you want to be born again, be born twice, enter into the kingdom of heaven? That's the way it is. Now, considering the stakes of heaven or hell, let me say this, we cannot strive too much. Strive to enter into the narrow gate. John chapter 6, verses 27 through 29. Let's read this scripture out loud together. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life which the Son of Man will give you. 
because God the Father has set his seal on him. And then they said to him, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he sent. Oh, how I love that. These were Jewish people who were saying, what, what is it God wants from us? What, what does he require from us? What, how many works do we have to do to please God and get into heaven? And Jesus said, he turns around. They were saying, how many works and what kind of works? Notice Jesus' response. I underlined it for you right there in your notes. He said, this is the work of God. Okay, what is it, Jesus? Believe in him whom he has sent. Believe in Jesus. And Jesus said, that is the work that God requires. To hang on to your faith in Jesus, come what may. Never let go of Jesus. Let me tell you this. I, 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 as simply as I can, everything in life is about Jesus. Your existence is found in Jesus. Your meaning uh, for being is in Jesus. The purpose of your life is found in Jesus. The joy that your heart has always yearned for is in Jesus. Everything that you yearn for, everything that, that every cell in your body physically, materially craves for is Jesus. Everything your mind stretches itself out uh, in this yearning, groping that comes from deep within all of humanity is for Jesus. Your very hunger is for Jesus. Your thirst will only be satisfied in Jesus. Your heart was made for the eternal life that Jesus brings. To live for Christ and to live only for him is the meaning of life. Amen? Amen. Amen. And that's what the world needs. That's what the world needs. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. So many listeners have shared comments on what Pastor Ray's teachings on Maranatha Radio have meant to them. Pastor Ray was such a devoted servant of the Most High God and is now in the presence of his best friend and Savior, Jesus Christ. He ran the race and finished the course set before him. My love to the Bentley family and to Maranatha Ministries. Pastor Ray's teachings continue here on the radio thanks to the support from listeners like you. If you'd like to partner with Ray Bentley Ministries and Maranatha Radio, just go to our website, www.raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. Now look at me in verses 25 through 27. He says, when once the master of the house has risen up and shut the door and you begin to stand outside and knock at the door saying, Lord, Lord, open for us. And he will answer and say to you, I do not know you. Where are you from? And then you will begin to say, we ate and we drank in your presence and you taught in our streets. But he will say, I tell you, I did not know you or I do not know you. Where are you from? Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. There is a time limit to the offer of salvation. There is a time when the door, that wicked gate, that narrow gate is finally shut. When is the time when it's too late? What a terrifying thought. Too late to be saved. 
I suggest to you that the day the door shuts and closes for each individual is when you die. You can't die, go stand before God and then see heaven and hell and say, I changed my mind. Too late. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27 says, it's appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. God gives you your life here on earth and the most important decision you ever make is about Jesus. And look, when you get and stand before God, you're, you're gonna be talking to God, the creator, who's the father, and the heart of the father is, so what did you do about my son? And the father's gonna, I sent my son from heaven to the earth, and he laid down his life for you, and he died for you. Did you trust in him? You, what, what good works will you bring to compare with that? There's, there's not enough good works to get you into heaven. It's all about the son. You know how fathers feel about their sons, let alone their daughters. Can you imagine how God the Father feels about his son? I gave him to you, and, and he gave his life for you. Did you walk over him? Did you trample over him? And the world much does. When the door is finally shut, when you die, there are, let me say this, millions of chances to be saved before you die. Millions. There are no chances after you die. Then when you see and you know, it's too late. There are two things that bring us into heaven. One, as Jesus says, personal relationship. Look, you want to make sure, you say, oh, I know Jesus. Easy to say. More important question, does he know you? Because apparently on Judgment Day, oh yeah, Jesus, hi Jesus, I know, and he's like, who are you again? You don't want to hear that when you stand before God. Can't remember your name. And then some will argue, but wait, we ate and drank at the Lord's table, meaning we went to church, we had communion. We went to communion. Mm -hmm. They heard his word preached. Hey, we heard Bible studies. We even heard you, Jesus. Not good enough. If mere attendance in the Lord's house could save you, then Caiaphas, the high priest of that time, would be saved. If hearing the word was enough, then Herod would be saved. Herod heard Jesus as well. But it is not. Even if you have been in ministry, look at all these good works we have done, does not apparently prove relationship. Why? Because mighty works do not save us. Only a personal relationship with Christ. And you ask Jesus, and you admit the obvious. Why is this so hard to admit? I'm imperfect, I'm a failure. I, I, don't, even, I don't even know how I got here. <laughs> I didn't decide to even be a human being. I just, mom and dad did. <laughs> so if you didn't even decide to be, how can you determine anything? The, the obvious, it seems so obvious. How can we be so prideful? How can we be so arrogant? We, if we're honest, what we don't know is astronomical compared to what we think we know. And, and to admit that you're not perfect or not worthy of going into heaven. It's not just humility, it's just honesty. Real honesty is what humility is all about. And saying, I, I, as hard as I want to be good or as hard as I try to be good, it's not even good enough. Let alone God's standards and His Ten Commandments. Here's the, here's the clincher. We don't even follow our own conscience. Which is, a, would you agree, our conscience is a lot lower than whatever God's holy, perfect righteousness. We don't even obey our, we violate our own rules. I have a conscience, I will never do that, and then we do it. Ah, you know? Well, look, you're in trouble. You need a savior. 
And that's what the world needs. The world doesn't need an avatar. They don't need a guru. They don't need somebody in a flying saucer to show up and save them from another planet. The world needed a savior, and that's exactly what God sent. But he sent one that was so humble that, that only those who humble themselves. The world wants a powerful, you know, victorious, all-conquering. He hovers halfway between heaven and earth. Yeah, that's, that's actually coming in the second coming. But that's too easy. If Jesus appeared like in his second coming 2,000 years ago, well, who wouldn't believe in him and accept him? But how would the Lord know that they really loved him? Or was it just their fear and intimidation? Look how he's burning like the sun seven times. What can I do? <laughs> so how could God know and test that we love him for him? Well, I'll wait for my power and glory. I'll just kind of turn the, I'll dial that down. And I will come so low and so humble, but I will love and heal and bless and forgive and then sacrifice. See how they like me humbled, and then if they can accept that, then I know that they genuinely love me. God's wisdom. The wisdom of God is manifest. And Paul said, you know what? I'm tired of impressing and going to the universities and, and Mars Hill and, and, and trying to intellectually explain everything. He goes, you know what, Christ, the Messiah crucified. What is foolishness to the world in preaching is the wisdom of God. He goes, that's all you get. He, he loved us, he died for us, he rose from the dead the third day, who's in? That was what Paul finally came to. And that's the deal, that's what we have today. Man, world, every nation, every continent, every color, every creed, please hear the word of the Lord. Narrow is the gate. Jesus is the way. Man, world, Wherever you are, wherever you live, whoever you are, rich or poor, young or old, male or female, Jew or Gentile, Scythian bond or free, grab hold of Jesus. And between now and the day that your, your last breath on earth can be followed by your first breath of heaven and hang on to Jesus to the very end and you will be rewarded for all time and all eternity. And the Lord says, if I could trust you with my humble Jesus, now I will trust you with worlds and kingdoms. And he's going to share his kingdom with us. But he knows that he can trust us. So there's a purpose and a plan. Secondly, here's the second question. Has your personal relationship with Christ turned you against evil? Notice what Jesus says. If you don't know him, but he will say, I tell you, I do not know you where you are from. Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. In other words, it's not enough to, I'm a Christian. I know Jesus. I've heard the story of the gospel. And you give lip service and profession. I'm a Christian. And yet your heart loves evil and loves sin and loves the world and loves pleasure and loves and does all the things of the world. That's not going to make it. Words that are not backed by your heart are not enough for salvation. Yes, to confess Christ is Lord. But then the sign, the fruit, is that you, not that you're perfect, you will stumble many times and fail many times and humble yourself many times and ask forgiveness many times and grow slowly, painfully, agonizingly toward being sanctified into Christ's image. But you will learn day by day you'll hate sin more and more. You will literally despise it with everything within you. You will say, I'm not going to let, I don't want you to rip me off, lie to me, beat me, drag me down, deceive me ever again. You will fight it with everything in your being. Now, 
the beginning of wisdom is to hate, not just dislike or, or refuse or disregard. It is a visceral, emotional reaction. I hate sin because sin abuses, sin kills, and sin destroys. We've all had sin in our lives. We know what it does. It is poison to us. We don't get used to it. We do not tolerate it. We want to get rid of it like leaven out of our lives. You never say, you know, hey, here, I'm going to give you a sandwich. I only put a couple of drops of arsenic in it. Eh, no big deal. Just a couple. No th- How many say no thank you to the sandwich with a little bit of arsenic? I don't want any even a little bit of sin either. Jesus will say, if you love sin, you can say whatever you want with your mouth. God said that, Jesus said through Isaiah, your lips say the right things, but your hearts are far from me. Jesus will say, away from me, you evil doer. So verses 28 through 30, and we'll close with this. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, and you yourselves thrust out. So apparently there were some Jews who thought, well, because I'm a Jew, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven, and yet they loved wickedness and they loved selfishness and they loved mammon and money and, you know, and Jesus was saying, hey, watch out. They will come from the east and the west, from the north and the south, and sit down in the kingdom of God. And indeed, there are last who will be first, and there are first who will be last. Everything gets turned inside out, upside down, uh, really right side up. Those who have faith in Christ, who have a relationship with him. And I want to give you an opportunity to make sure that you know the Lord. So close your Bibles. And um, do you know, and and (laughs) I say this with 30 years of pastoring, you have no guarantees that you will even be here or alive another day, another week, or another month. You don't know what a day will bring. Life is extremely fragile. Some of you have lost loved ones, and you know how fragile that life really is. It's brief at best. And there's only one decision that counts in your whole life, to be born again, to open the door of your heart. Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. Anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and forgive you of everything you've ever done. Do you want to know that when you die, you'll go to heaven? Do you want to know that your sins are forgiven? Do you want um, your emptiness taken away, your loneliness removed? Jesus literally, spiritually, supernaturally comes inside your body. He lives, his spirit comes inside. It's not a metaphor, it's not you know happy thoughts, it's not positive suggestion, it's a supernatural uh, reality that will affect you for the rest of your life, spirit, soul, and body. Today on Maranatha Radio, Pastor Ray Bentley pointing out the way to heaven. And if you have questions about where you stand with God, let us invite you to go to our website, raybentley.com, and click on About. At the bottom of that page, Pastor Ray will lead you toward having a true saving relationship with the Lord. Now, today's study is titled, The Narrow Way. If you missed any part of the message, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. When you get to the homepage, you can leave a tribute to Pastor Ray's life and service to the Lord. 
Also, click the word media and you'll see the words watch, radio, and Devo. Three engaging ways you can enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can link to Pastor Ray's Facebook page, his podcast, his YouTube channel, and Twitter feed. And then after 30 years on the radio and the passing of Pastor Ray Bentley in early 2022, we're approaching the end of the Maranatha radio program. We'd like to thank you, our dedicated listeners, who've joined us through the years as we've journeyed with Pastor Ray through the Bible. We'll be continuing the broadcast through the remainder of 2023, but we're excited to share that we'll have a dedicated online location to access all of Pastor Ray's content, including video, audio sermons, books, and more. Please visit raybentley.com to follow along with us. But we hope you'll stay with us here on the radio through the end of the year. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in the book of Luke. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.